Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad you're joining us today right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia. And we are so glad that you are joining us today from other states and other countries today. We're so glad to have this opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with as many people that will listen. If you're not a Christian today, don't turn the dial. You have been listening to Christian uh, songs of faith, hymns of the faith, of hope and peace and and joy and, and expectation. Friend of mine, there is a gospel that inspired every one of these songs of the faith. These are not just religious uh, hopefulness. These, these are songs of joy and grace and faith that warm the heart and bring great consolation. These are songs about God's love and mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Celebrations of His goodness today. So we want to uh, take you into the Word of God and, and study a subject that is so vitally important. Uh, I say that almost every time that we begin a new study because we are living in perilous times and we need the good news. Bad news is all around us and we need the good news of Jesus, which is what gospel means. I like that Old Testament scripture that said, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that bring good tidings and publish peace. How we need to hear the message of God's grace and mercy, His great plan of salvation, and His great person to bring that plan to fruition, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So please stay tuned today, and let's get into this this message for this new teaching uh, subject, and that is the love of God, one of my favorite subjects in the Word of God. The love of God, faith's strong foundation. We're going to take our text from Psalm 36 and verse 7. Yes, we're going to the Old Covenant to begin this teaching because the God that is revealed in the Old Covenant is revealed in the New Covenant in a new dispensation of grace, but the very same God revealed in His person and character in Jesus Christ. Jesus actually said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, the words that I speak are not my words, and the works that I do are not my works. The words are what I hear my Father say, and the works are what I see my Father do. In other words, everything He did was to, in the express will of God. And in doing that, He expressed the very person and character of God. And oh, what a wonderful God that we serve. Uh, This wonderful goodness, this wonderful mercy, this wonderful grace. And what a boon it is to our faith. What a foundation it is to anchor our faith in is not just the power of God but something intrinsic to the person of God and that is His great love. Hallelujah. Psalm 36 and verse 7. Listen to this strong foundation for faith. This incentive to trust the Lord to believe. It says how excellent is thy loving kindness O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust 
under the shadow of thy wings. In the Amplified it said, How precious is your steadfast love. One paraphrase reads, How eager we are to run under your wings. Nothing stimulates us to trust the Lord more than a revelation and a realization of His great love. I remember preaching one Mother's Day Sunday and declaring that God's greatest tribute to a godly mother was to associate the divine love in His heart to the love of a good mother. When He stood uh, over Jerusalem and He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that stoned the prophets and killed them that come unto you, how many times would I have listened to the wording in the new covenant? How many times would I have taken you under my wings as a mother hen does her chicks? But you would not. You wouldn't let me. And what he is conveying is that the God of the Bible has a tender heart. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust in the shadow of thy wings. Because of God's great love for us, his heart is easily touched. God does not sit aloof in his heaven with little or no concern for his creation. He came down to feel our human condition, to experience our troubles and trials, and to become our Savior and our friend. Let's read about that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Ah, friend, we should not have halting hearts, but rather eager hearts, trusting His love for us, because it will not falter. I like this from one a translation in the Amplified. It said, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses, our infirmities, and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures, find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Praise God. Amen. This bold faith, this consoling confidence is ours because we believe that our needs have touched His heart. There are two imperatives in bold faith or absolute trust. Number one, that God exists, He is real, and that Christ came into this fallen world to reveal Him. And He loves us and therefore responds to us when we make Him our source. You know, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 11, that great, great, faith chapter in the new covenant that they that come to God must believe that he is in verse 6 of Hebrews 11 
says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe. It's an imperative that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And this diligent seeking of God is based on an understanding of his great love for us. We can't believe that he's a rewarder. And that's what causes us to diligently seek him. We know that we will find him. We will find him as our helper. We will find him as our savior. We will find him as our healer. We will find him as our deliverer. We will find Him when we seek after Him. The Scripture said, with all of our hearts. And that's why this great incentive to faith, how excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of Thy wings. The real issue of faith in God for our needs is not that He's just all-wise, that He knows how to help us. God is all-powerful and is able to help us. That's not the major issue of faith either, although it's an important part of it. But rather that God is love and He will help us. He is and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You see, you can't just believe that He is sitting aloof in His heaven, untouched and unconcerned about what is touching you and what is touching me. We don't have a high priest over the house of God that is not uh, not identifying with our pressure, our pain, our heartache, our heartbreak. And when we go to Him with certain faith in His great love and compassion for us, His understanding of our hurt, our hurt, His understanding how to help you right where you are. Oh, friend, when you know that He loves you, when you don't doubt for one moment that He feels in His heart, what you are feeling in your life, that He has great capacity to have compassion on you and have compassion on me. He had it on the sick when He saw them bringing the sick out of every quarter. The Bible said Jesus was moved with compassion and He healed their sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Surely He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. Praise God. This is a direct uh, statement in the new covenant of that old covenant promise that we don't have a God sitting aloof in His heaven that is unfeeling and unconcerned about His what is touching you, what is touching me. Jesus put it in such a poignant and yet powerful, practical way when he said in the marketplace, a sparrow is one of the least of the, the, the marketable items was a sparrow and he sold for a farthing. And yet not one sparrow falls without your father. In other words, it touches God when one sparrow falls from the sky. One sparrow lives out his, his short life and falls from the sky. One sparrow touches the heart of God. And then he says, you are worth more than many 
sparrows. Oh, hallelujah. And it really caused that great song of the faith to be written and sung. And it's such a beautiful sentiment. It's testament to the loving kindness of God. Amen. And that is, His eye is on the sparrow. So I know He watches me. The Scripture said of God, His eyes are upon the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. You know, the Bible said we have not because we ask not. Sometimes we, we just have prayed and we've hit a dead end. We, we've prayed the answer didn't come in the timing we wanted. And, and we thought that God's, God's de- delay was God's denial. And God's delay is not necessarily His denial. We need to wait upon the Lord because they that wait upon the Lord. The scripture said, will mount up with wings as eagles run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, I, I, I know what it is to be impatient. I know what it is to question God's timing. I know what it is to question his will and eternal purposes. But waiting upon the Lord He's not simply saying, I don't know, I I have no idea, God is so vague, and I don't know how He feels about me and my circumstance. No, that's not what waiting means. It's not taking a number in a line. It's not sitting in some waiting room to see a, a doctor that you got there 20 minutes early and it took him an hour to get you in and you're sitting there just waiting doing nothing killing the time that's not what waiting on the lord means the actual hebrew word comes from the root that means to bind together by twisting there's activity in this waiting. And that activity in the waiting upon the Lord is the actively seeking Him, praying. Oh, having a quiet time in His presence and just letting your heart be poured out in prayer before the Lord is waiting upon the Lord while while giving thanks to Him as you are praying in all things with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You're worshiping while you are praying. It's part of waiting and actively seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible said that if we wait upon the Lord, we will mount up with wings as an eagle. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. Praise God. So the real issue of faith To meet the needs of our life is not that God is all-wise, omniscient, and knows how to deliver us, knows all things, and knows how to help us. And it's not even His omnipotence that God is all-powerful and able to help us, but rather that God is love and that He will help us. The reason that we run to Him and trust in Him and actively pursue and seek Him is we because we know He will reward us. He is a responder. He is therefore a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him because His heart is touched with your need and with mine. Psalm 17, 7 and 8 bears this out. It says, Show thy marvelous loving kindness. O thou that savest by thy right hand, 
them that put their trust in thee, from those that rise up against them. Keep me, the psalmist says, as an apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Praise God. In Satan, friend, you have a great enemy. There's no doubt about it. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And I've come to give it to you more abundantly. Yes, in the devil you have a great enemy, but in Christ you have a great ally. In the story of blind Bartimaeus, faith makes its appeal to the tender heart of God. Listen to Mark 10, verse 46 through 52. Said, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. See, this is that waiting upon the Lord. It's not sitting back and say, well, if God wills it, if God wants to, He will, and I'm just going to wait here. I'm just... No, this is that active pursuit of God. This is that diligent seeking of God. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose, came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will that I should do unto thee? The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Thy faith hath made you whole. Faith in God's power to heal alone? No. And that's important, but not just faith in His power. That God is all-powerful? No. Faith's target was God's heart of love and compassion. Have mercy on me. You see, we're coming full circle all the time. All, all, all back to the heart of God, the person of God, the heart of Christ. How excellent is thy hasid, is the Old Testament Hebrew word. How excellent is thy loving kindness. Therefore the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wing. Because God has this tender heart that can be touched, He has a tenacious love that flows out to you and to me. That's what makes his heart so tender. It's unfailing love. Love that will not let you go. I've often stated it's not your grip on God that gives you such courage and strength, but rather it's God's grip on you when you simply trust Him. We used to sing that great hymn of old, Life is filled with swift transition, not of this old world, shall stand, put your trust in God's unchanging hand. 
Time is filled with swift transition. Naught of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring, if by earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to Him cling. Hold to God's unchanging hand. You can hold to His unchanging hand because you can trust in His unchanging, unfailing love for you. In John's Gospel 10, verse 27 through 30, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Praise God. I'll tell you, when you take the hand Put your hand in the hand. It's another. It's more of a pop song. But it's got a great truth in it. Put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calmed the sea. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. You see, he said, my grip on you is strong. Praise God. Hallelujah. I and my Father are one, and no one can take you away from me. No one can snatch you away from me. No one can do that. And it's not because our grip on God, but our trust in God. There's a vast difference in my human ability to hold on to God and God's divine, supernatural ability to hold on to me. Praise God. I would rather trust in my, my God's ability to be faithful to me than my ability to be faithful to Him. And it doesn't mean I don't want to be faithful and I'm not trying to be faithful and I'm not overcoming. It means that my victory is obtained and my faithfulness is sustained because of God's grip on me, not my grip on God. Amen. Listen, have you ever seen a little child holding on to their daddy's finger? Do you realize that child could fall? That child could fall. But do you realize when you see a father holding that little child's hand that that child cannot fall because of the strength of the one that is holding. It's the grip of the Father. Not just the power, but the love that is releasing that power that is causing that child to sense this wonderful, wonderful sense of peace and calm because someone is holding that hand. I told the story many times. I will never forget it. I took my t- my son down to Tampa Bay. It was a it was a day when there were white caps. We were walking along near one of the bridges, and we were walking along, and we were looking down into some very troubled water. And my son was about four years old, and he was he was frightened by the waves, the water, and and the depth of it, and the wind was blowing, and he was walking along, and and he had he, he was holding my hand, and his. 
His knuckles were getting white from trying to hold on so tight. He didn't want to look over the seawall and down into the water. I wanted to show him some fish or some stingray or something in the water. He, he didn't want to get close and look over because his grip on me didn't give him the confidence and the consolation that he needed to not be afraid. So I just took my hand out of his and put his hand in mine and I closed my hand on him until he could feel literally my strength. He already knew that I loved him. And now feeling that strength, he knew his daddy wouldn't let him fall. His daddy, because his daddy wouldn't let him go. And in that childlike faith in my love, and my strength released because of that love toward him. Ah, he lightened up. He began to enjoy looking down into the water for some fish or something to see. And, and you, I could just see that, that his fear had turned to a confidence that had brought a peace and a joy and a, and a consolation to him. And it made me feel good as a dad to know that he was trusting my love and my strength to take good care of Him. You see, faith honors God in that way. And that's why that God honors faith so very much. Praise the Lord. When we don't doubt His love, and when we don't doubt that He will respond to us when we come to Him and and wait upon Him, when we seek Him, Hallelujah. Seek Him out as the New Testament and New Covenant declares. We're going to find Him when we seek Him wholeheartedly. Glory be to God. Amen. The Apostle Paul, who sustained great faith in the face of tremendous trials, persecutions, and tests, revealed the source of such confidence and victory. In Romans 8, verse 35 through 39. He said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that, here's the key, for his unshaken faith. To him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I like this paraphrase. It said none of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, unthinkable or thinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Hallelujah. This God of such tenacious love, with such a tender heart, is the God that we are dealing with. This is the God that gave His Son for us. This is the Son that gave His life for us. This is the God in whose hands we are when we come to Christ 
as our Savior. Hallelujah. And God's grip on us is strong and sure and unshaken. Praise God. A friend of mine today, put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. You can trust the one who loves you enough to allow his hands and feet to be pierced for you, his side to be pierced for you. You can trust his loving kindness. Don't be tentative in your faith. Be bold in your faith. They that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He is a responder to them that diligently seek him. I encourage you today to run to God in bold faith and confidence. And I believe that great truth in this statement, if you'll take one step toward the Lord, He'll take two steps toward you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior today, I'm convinced because of His great love for you right where you are right now, I am convinced that God is calling you because of His love for you. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is drawing you because of God's great love for you. And I'm convinced if you will repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior right now, He will forgive every sin. He will pardon you and restore you. Come to Christ today. And I'm convinced today if you're a Christian, His eyes are on you. His ear is open to your cry because He loves you. Run to Him in bold faith and He will run to you. God is so good. Will you come back next week? Let's talk about Jesus.